This is the Fun Sexual Podcast. I'm your host, Majesty. We're talking body positivity, sex positivity, and kink positivity for all from the mind in the mouth of an unapologetic black queen. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the very first episode of the Fun Sexual Podcast. When I sat down and started to think of the best way to kick off this podcast, I couldn't think of a better way than to talk about kink because kink is such a big part of my life. It's going to be a big part of a lot of the things that I want to discuss and educate you guys on in this podcast. And a lot of people use the word kink, but what does it really mean? So kink is an alternative sexual interest or activity. It does not always involve sex. I think that that is one common misconception is that kink and sex go hand in hand. And yes, sex can be involved in kink. Kink can be involved in sex, but they do not have to exist in the same space. For example, rope play. Rope play is kinky, but it does not have to involve sex. Age play. Also, kinky does not have to involve sex. Impact play. There's so many different types of play that are kinky but doesn't necessarily involve sex. Another common misconception that people have about kink is that kink and fetish are the same thing when in fact they are two very different things. So a kink is an alternative sexual interest while a fetish is a sexual fixation on an object. Um, So when we talk about people who have foot fetishes, their attention usually goes right to feet because they're super duper into feet. They have a, a super sexual attraction or fixation to feet. And a lot of times the word fetish is used in a negative connotation. I'm not saying that fetish is bad by any means. All is fair and game as long as it is consensual and some other rules. And we'll go into that another time. Um, but fetishes fetishes are not bad fetishes are also not kinks but a fetish is a fixation where a kink is more of an interest okay a lot of times when people think of kink they go into 50 shades of gray they go into whips and chains and dungeons and yes that is bdsm which is a kink but kink is really an umbrella and bdsm is just one item under that umbrella So BDSM, what BDSM stands for, for those who don't know, is the BD is bondage and discipline, the DS is dominance and submission, and the SM is sadism and masochism. So in BDSM, there is a dominant person or persons and a submissive person or persons. Um, Sometimes I might reference them as um, a dom and a sub most commonly, or I might reference them as the D type and the S type, uh, D type being a dom type, S type being a submissive type, or sometimes I use the terms top and bottom, um, usually if I'm talking about an activity um, or a scene or something like that, I'll use the terms um, top and bottom. Um, there's more to go into that and what those different terms actually mean. But again, if I'm saying dominant, dom, D-type, or top, I'm talking about the dominant person. If I say um, submissive, sub, S-type, or bottom, I'm talking about the submissive person in the, the play or the scene or the activity or whatever it is. So there are also, um, as I said, kink is an umbrella. There is There are things in the kink umbrella that are not BDSM. For example... Tantra and energy work, yes, that is kinky, but no, there does not have to be a dominant person and a submissive person in that type of play. Another example is voyeurism and exhibitionism. Um, A voyeur is someone who enjoys watching people engage in play or activities, while an 
exhibitionist is a person who likes to be watched while they engage in um, activities or play or scenes or whatever. Um, can there be BDSM involved in that? Absolutely. Can there be um, a dominant person and a submissive person in that type of play? Absolutely. 100%, but there doesn't have to be. Um, another one is group sex. Group sex, orgies, play parties, and those types of things. Can there be BDSM? Can there be a dominant person and a submissive person in that type of play? 100%. Does there have to be? Absolutely not. It could just be a group of people fucking. Don't have to be no doms. Don't have to be no subs. It could just be people there doing their thing. Um, another example, role play. Um, depending on the scene that you're putting on in your role play or the, the roles that you guys are acting out in your role play, there can be a dominant person and a submissive person, but it does not have to be. Um some other non-BDSM kinks, I am going to get some shit for this and I will explain myself 100%. But I do consider, consider um, excuse me, polyamory, polyandry, and swinging, I do consider them to be kink. And that's going to just go back to my definition of kink. My definition of kink is anything that is um, alternative, alternative interest. So by that definition, swing and kink would fall into that. So I have this this picture of, you know, vanilla, right? And it is just this hetero monogamous thing, okay? That is that is vanilla. So anything outside of hetero monogamous is is pretty much in my mind kink. Um and and so I I do think that kink there are levels of kink. There are things that are far more kinky than others. Um, so there are de- it's, it's, a, it's a scale of things, but I do consider swinging and polyamory to be kink just because they are, they are alternative. So my introduction into kink actually came from the swinger community. Let me just take you guys on, on a little um, time. We're going to go on a, on a time traveling trip really quick. So, um, I began my journey into the lifestyle back in 2016. Um, I had just graduated from college. I had moved to North Carolina from New Jersey. I didn't know anybody. I was working really long hours. I had a long commute to work. I never really had time, um, to myself. I never really had time to date and to meet people and do the things that a 20, was I like 22, 21, 22 year old would want to do, you know, first time making real money, first time being, you know, really away from home and stuff like that. I I didn't have time to date. Um, and I was so focused on my work that I didn't really want to date, but I really wanted to have sex. So I remember sitting on my couch one day and thinking, you know, I had been on, um, like the dating websites and stuff, the bumbles and the tenders and stuff. And I just remember thinking like, I'm really going to have to go out and meet these people and spend time vetting these people. Like, I don't want to do all of that. I just, I just want to have sex. Like I wish, I wish I could go somewhere and meet somebody and just have sex and like leave. And so then I started thinking, okay, well, let me find a sex party because to do that, you can do that on Bumble and Tinder. But in my mind, you know, again, young, 21, 22, I didn't want people looking at me like, oh, you know, this, this hoe, this slut, this hoe, whatever. Um, we've reclaimed that word since then. Um, but again, I, you know, I I felt like there was a right way to do it. And I felt like, you know, going on a dating website, doing that wasn't the right way to do it. So I, um, 
just Googled like sex parties because um, I figured that was the best place. I could show up, have sex, and go home. That was all that I wanted. So um, I, in my searches to find a sex party, I discovered FetLife. Um, so I would post pictures. I would like pictures. Um, I would RSVP for events on FetLife, and um, I would never go. That was how it first started. I would RSVP. I would look at the people, and I'd be like, okay, yeah, like this looks cool, and then I would never go. I, w- I would get nervous because I didn't have anybody to go with. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know, you know, what to wear. I would just get nervous and, and back out, and so I wouldn't go. So that was 2016. 2017, um, I had moved from North Carolina to Northern Virginia, um, I was still on FetLife, and I saw an event that popped up. It was close to me. There was some attractive people that had RSVP'd for this event. I had nothing to do that night. I, I couldn't even come up with an excuse not to go to this event, so I just I, I went. Um, it was a um, it was a sex party. It was at someone's house. Um, it was mostly white people. It was a handful of black people. It was mostly white people, um, but it was a it was a swingers event. Um, and I didn't really know what swinging was at that time. Like, I, I kind of had an idea, but I didn't really know what swinging was at that time. But I knew that I can go here, I come to this house, pay my little $20, <laughs> have sex, and go home. So that is why I was there. Um, and that actually ended up being a really, really, really fun time. I'm actually going to tell y'all a little bit more about that in episode number two. But... Um, it was really fun. That was my first introduction to anything kinky, really. Um, and so at those parties, um, I would do um, some playing, some, you know, having sex. And there was this, you know, there were some people there who were more into the kink lifestyle or in the BDSM. I'm sorry, not kink, but BD, into BDSM. And they would, you know, bring their St. Andrew's Cross or their floggers or their Violet Wands or... Um, you know, cuffs and different different things for some BDSM play, and I would and I would play with them. Um, again, I went to I didn't say this, but I went to this house like at least once a month. I was going sometimes two and three times a month, but I was at this house like at least once a month. I was there a lot. Um, so I would play with you know people that I had played with over and over again. I would play with the same kind of people, and so when I got into the more BDSM play, um. I would do a lot of bottoming. I was playing um, as an S type, so um, I did some impact. I did some um, some electric play. Um, I'm trying to think of other things that we did there. Um, something, some some uh, little demonstrations and play with protocol, different things like that. But I would I was always bottoming because I had never really seen a woman be dominant and and I just felt like in my mind it was just you know societal norms I felt like as a woman I was supposed to be in this in this submissive space you know submissive was for women and dominant was for men that's how I felt again young dumb didn't know much didn't really understand what was going on I was just trying to get my rocks off um (laughs) so um yeah but I did actually eventually at these parties there was a couple that showed up where the wife was a, um, a married couple, um, the wife was a dom and the husband was a sub. And once I saw that, I was like, what? Okay, that, you know, now I know. Good to know, good to know. And then later in um, 2017, I ended up going to a munch, which is basically, a munch is a kink 
a, a kink event disguised as vanilla. So munches are usually like meet and greet. You'll go to like a restaurant or a bar and you guys will, you know, be at a table or have a, a, a group of tables together and you guys are just kinky people who are just meeting up in public places and it looks vanilla because nobody's dressed in like leather and stuff like that. So that is a munch. But anyway, I went to a munch and it was um, a femdom munch. So there was dominant women and submissive men and I'm using air quotes when I say men and women but it was a femdom munch um and so that was when I really kind of started getting this idea like maybe you know I want to get onto the other side of things I just wanted to talk to other people and just listen to them what they had to say their experiences and things like that and then I went back to these parties and around that time um a couple that I used to play with a lot where the boyfriend was a dom and the girlfriend was his sub I think she was actually his slave uh, slave and master um, but I would play with them all the time. And this, this, the boyfriend one day while we we're like laying down, having like aftercare, or whatever, we're cuddling. He goes, I think I want to get on this St. Andrew's cross. And we were like, what? And he was like, yeah, he was like, I think I want to get on a St. Andrew's cross. So we were like, okay. I was like, I need to, you know, we need to take this opportunity before he takes it back. Cause this is the man that has been beating my ass for the last couple months. And he'd be beating your ass for the last couple years. If he want to get on the cross. Now was the time to do it. So um, he decided that he wanted to get on the um, St. Andrew's Cross. And we grabbed his floggers, the same ones that he had been beating us with, floggers and paddles. And we, we had a nice little scene. It was definitely a lot of, uh, a lot of fun. Um, so after that experience, I was just like, I think I've been on the wrong side of this the whole time because it felt so good. It was, it was a completely different feeling from being on the receiving end to be on the, uh, giving end. And I, I loved it. I, I absolutely loved it. So, um, that was kind of the start of me kind of taking a turn and realizing that I wasn't as submissive as I thought I was definitely a switch. And, um, so that was 2017, 2018. I went to some more play parties, um, I moved from Northern Virginia to New York. Uh, I went to a party in New York. I had a really bad experience there and it really kind of turned me off from the scene because I realized very quickly that the kink scene in the DMV, whereas where I got introduced into kink versus the kink scene in New York, you know, in the area that I had moved in was just, it was a very different type of culture. Um, and that, that one event really turned me off. So I kind of just took a break and went vanilla for a little while. 2019, um, I, I was dating through 2018 and 2019 and I really started missing kink and I would like kind of try to sprinkle it in with my, the people that I was, um, you know, playing with and having sex with. And I just really started missing kink. So I kind of just stepped back into the lifestyle. And so somewhere late 2019, Mistress Majesty was born. For those who don't know, Mistress Majesty is the dame in me because um, I am a dominatrix. Um, so she was born in 2019. Um, and then 2020, um, COVID year, uh, before COVID happened, I ended up joining some kink groups, which was actually really good for me. Um, 2020 COVID, I did some COVID kinking, um, which might be an episode later on. 2020 was also the year that Mistress Majesty, uh, when I first started, when Mistress, Maj when Mistress Majesty was first born, she did um, online femdom and findom. 
And uh, 2020 was the year that she started going real time, which means actually taking on subs real time and physically in person. Um, And that was also when I came up with the term fun sexual. Now, if I had to give a list of my top five favorite kinks in no particular order, I would have to say domestic servitude is up there for sure. Um, As a a dom, I do have subs that I see real time, as I mentioned, and all of my subs are required to serve me in some way. And that is the domestic servitude piece. They're cleaning the bathroom, scrubbing the toilets, they're running my baths, they're giving me baths, they're vacuuming the floors or mopping the floors, they're washing dishes, they're cooking for me, they're running errands for me. Any of that stuff, um, it falls under domestic servitude. Another one that I really, really enjoy is pegging. I just really got into pegging this year and I love it. I love it. That's all that I can say about pegging. I really, I love it and I wish that more black men were into pegging or voiced that they were into pegging but I digress that might be a conversation for another time um another one in my top five would have to be anal play um on giving and receiving I I don't know why I think it's because it's an area um a a body part that I had um kind of not explored for so long that once I got into it which was earlier in this year um it, it became a, it definitely became a favorite. Um, there's a certain vulnerability, um, that it takes being a man or a woman, allowing somebody to play in your ass. And it's just, it's fun. It's, it's fun. It allows you to connect in a different way. Um, there really just are some methods and stuff like that. And it feels really good when you can, um, throw that in with some other types of play. It, it can get really fun. Another one that I really, really like is orgasm control. Um, And I've really only been on the giving end, um, not really so much on the receiving end. And I would like to be on the receiving end, so maybe I can put that on my bucket list. But um, being on the giving end of orgasm control, so that's sometimes that is orgasm denial, that's edging, um, that's orgasm torture, that's ruined orgasms. Um, I'll, I'll explain those a little bit. So orgasm denial is, you know, in chastity or something, not allowing someone to orgasm. Edging can be a form of orgasm denial. Edging is the act of bringing one to the right before they're about to come, right before they're about to come, and then stopping so they don't come. And doing that over and over again is like riding the edge, getting onto the edge of orgasm, but not. So I do enjoy edging. And then orgasm torture is after someone has an orgasm and you keep playing with them um till it's all sore and sensitive that's orgasm torture and then there's ruined orgasms which are basically right when someone is coming i do this with myself right when they're coming i stop and it makes them they'll come but the orgasm is different it's not it's not an, a really enjoyable orgasm Um, and then another one on my top five favorite kinks has to be impact. I do love me some impact. I have my own collection of, um, floggers and whips and paddles and, you know, some things. It's, it's a small collection, but it's, it's definitely a collection. And I love, I love impact. Um, my subs are, uh, white or they are fair people of, uh, fair skin. Um, and the really nice thing (laughs) 
as crazy as it sounds, a really nice thing about playing with them, especially with certain tools that I use, certain impact tools that I use, I can really see as they their their bodies turn red when I when I hit them. You can certain like I have the one bull whip that when I hit them, you can just watch the skin turn red and and raise and welt and it's just watching that happen is is like it's hypnotizing I don't know <laughs> it, it sounds crazy but it's it's really really enjoyable so those are my top five kinks and then I have some kinks that are definitely on my kinky bucket list that I wanted to accomplish by the end of 2020 but you know COVID Rona had other plans for us so some kinks that I would say are on my kinky bucket list are one water sports um, a few months ago, I went to an event and saw some water sport demonstrations. And up until then, I would, you know, I would see it and be like, oh, that's cool. You know, if I get to it, I get to it. But when I watched it live, real time, I was just like, okay, yes, I, I need to be pissing. I need to be pissing on people. I need to be peeing in people's mouths and stuff. Like, so water sports is definitely on that list. It's high on that list. It might be number one on that list. Um, I've been really into watching. I hate this word, but I've been really into watching cock milking porn lately. If you've never watched cock milking, please watch cock milking porn. Um, it's it's when like literally you're 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 milking a cock. You, you have a guy's dick and you're just making him come, like just just draining all of the cum out of his dick. And sometimes it's jerking off. Sometimes it's sounding. Sometimes it's they do some different things to make it happen. But it's definitely like it's hot. It's it's watch watch some of that and then get back to me um another one on my bucket list is suspension suspension just seems like fun and I want to be on the receiving end of the suspension um just because I don't know how to tie people up I am not a rigger by any means um and uh I just think that being suspended would 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 be fun I do enjoy rope I do enjoy bottoming for rope play um so I think that suspension would take it up to the next level and the last thing that is currently on my kinky bucket list is age play um this one i so i am a switch as some of you may know um which means that i'm both dominant and submissive but i would definitely say i am far more dominant than i am submissive and that's just because i can't bottom i can't be a sub for everybody like it takes a very special person to allow me to open up that way and feel comfortable in that way to to be submissive so that is why I have not um had a chance to engage in age play just yet I haven't found the right dom I haven't found the right daddy to um to to participate in that type of play with and it's nothing that I want to rush I definitely I am not rushing into it when I find my right daddy, then, you know, it'll be great and it'll be good. But until then, I'm chilling. But it is on my my bucket list of things that I want to try. So that's just that's just me, though. Um, there is there's the kink list. The kink umbrella is huge. And when I say huge, I mean huge um, for the people who are not kinky or who are not in the lifestyle. It might not seem that vast. But once you get into it, there's so much there's so 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 very much and I want to be able to talk about it all on this here podcast and so with that being said look out for episode two